This part of the program is not suitable for sensitive listeners and for anyone under the age of 18. Note that the views expressed on this show are not that of the station or the presenter. Closet Conversations. Oh, yes, we're talking sex. Justine Madewell, an intimacy coach and an adult store retail assistant, is our guest once again. Justine, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Hi, thank you very much for having me. We're talking sex again, and uh, it's a topic that I think we all love. Um, and it's something that we love doing, especially when we are stressed to de-stress. <laughs> but today we're talking about debunking some myths, right? And these myths, oh, holy, holy, holy smokes. These myths are the sort of things that nightmares are made of because sex is something that becomes inevitable in every adult's life. But um, with the myths, we are sometimes so scared to embark on it. Absolutely. And um, the myths that come from generations ago are the scariest ones because they have no scientific or factual value at all. And people just believe them. And then no one wants to do anything. Mm. Okay, so we're going to start off with some myths. Um, Doing a hand job, so masturbating as a man using your hand, Mrs. Smith and her uh, her four daughters, (laughs) is something that's going to cause hair to grow on your hands and everyone is going to know. True? I guess not. (laughs) Absolutely. No, no. But but where does it come from? Where does this myth come from, Justine? I mean, it, it, it's a myth that I, I just don't understand. Is it because boys were being told not to masturbate? I think it definitely does. So I mean, a lot of these myths come from, um, you know, they stem from somebody telling you not to do anything sexual, and especially with masturbation, because that was a big no-no you know, within religious circles and that kind of thing, um, because it's impure and stuff like that. I'm not entirely sure where exactly the hair one comes from, but I can tell you that it definitely stems from um, as a consequence of masturbating. Um, And I think oftentimes you'll see men have hairy hands. And so that was the most common thing to say, oh, you'll grow hair on your hands and you you look around and you say, oh, well, it must be true because these people have hairy hands. <laughs> <laughs> but then for girls, was there something equivalent that uh, masturbating for, for girls is going to equivalent to something? There was, there's a few that I've heard. Um, one has something to do, I, I remember somebody told me a story about their grandmother saying that if you touch yourself, the devil will come through your window at night and um, tear your shorts and silly things like that, again, to, you know, stop you from doing stuff like that, which again is silly because masturbation is actually very important in finding out what you like and then also communicating to your partner if you have a partner um, what you like because how will they know if you don't know? Why do we scare each other? Why? Why? <laughs> okay, here's, here's a <laughs> message from an eighty mother says, it came from a trick to see if you are going to look at your hand to check for hair then get caught out um so that's why they said that 
okay, I get it. This, this well, is, there you go. Stephen in Port Shepstead says this. So it's, it's a trick. So people can start looking at their hands and then that's how they know. Oh, so you are masturbating. Now you're getting worried. All right. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And then, I mean, but now you're including the devil. Say the devil is coming through your window. Uh, don't yeah. myths like that end up making you just wanting to numb your 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 sexual senses because they come naturally? Absolutely. A lot of these myths, um, they want they these they come from this thing to suppress your sexuality because a lot of times sexuality is seen sometimes as evil in some culture circles and stuff like that. And um, also, there's a lot of power in your sexuality and your eros as they call it um and being in control of your sexuality is intimidating to other people because of the power that you hold once you know yourself so well your body your emotions your sexuality and i think people are very afraid of that especially in women obviously these the states back long ago now so we're more um accepting and everything like that but um, especially the empowerment of women um, mm. that scared people and still today can scare some people. And so these myths were there to to suppress that sexuality, that sexual side, that power that we have. Okay. And once they've achieved in scaring people of their sexual power, does that then help when people are now married and are having to engage in sex on a regular, but they are now scared of sex. I mean, I can only imagine how these households of a man and a woman who are scared of their own sexual power don't want to um, uh, dwell in it, don't want to engage in it, how they act when they're with each other. Uh, they, they, they have sex as if someone or some devil is coming through the window just now, so just do it quickly and let's get over and done with it. Precisely. And that's also why you see a lot of married couples going to... Um, sex therapists and stuff like that because they don't have the tools to communicate um, about their sexuality and explore their own sexuality because somebody somewhere along the line told them that it's wrong to do that and you know we're all told you don't talk about sex it's not right it's not done um, you know it makes people uncomfortable when in actual fact, these are the conversations we need to be having so that they're not uncomfortable, so that everyone is more sexually liberated and they find that power within them, that confidence. Because confidence really does emanate from you once you know yourself like that. Mm, okay, so confidence is needed here. Let's talk more myths. A-teamers, share with us what some of your uh, sex myths are and help us debunk them, please, because hi. Some of these things, uh-uh, they're just outrageous. And I know we're talking about elementary things that you have probably passed as an A-teamer because, yeah, some of you have got game for days when it comes to sex and you, you've realized, no, these myths are not true. We're going to go into some deep ones, uh, some that are really uh, hitting home for adults uh, who are already engaging in sex. Let's talk about the vagina a bit. There are myths that the vagina stretches mm. out if you have too much sex. The vagina becomes old when you give birth too often. And there's even sayings like, uh, have a Caesar and save the beaver. <laughs> um, because, yeah, your vagina is going to get too big because you've given natural birth. That is ridiculous. I don't know <laughs> where this came from. I really don't. 
Um, what really happens? So if you, well, we'll talk about in general, the vagina is elastic. It can stretch and it can expand a lot, but it will always go back to the same size as it was. Um, obviously, after giving birth, naturally, it will take more time, obviously, because your body's just made an entire new human being and you can have a grace period for that. Um, but in terms of sex, I mean, if you think about it, why, if you have sex with 50 people, would a vagina become loose? But if you have sex with one person 50 times, does it not become loose? <laughs> Where's the logic in that? Ooh, okay. No logic. Yeah, and I mean, also, no, there's no logic. And uh, what is also linked to that is the hymen, um, which a lot of people equate to virginity, which is um, also, again, wrong. That comes from purity culture. You know, um, if your hymen's unbroken, you're a virgin, you're pure, which again is completely inaccurate. Um, the hymen is what helps the vagina, the elasticity of the vagina. So it's usually, it's different in uh, all people, but it's usually about a, a crescent shape on the opening of your vagina. And that little slight skin that covers, that everybody thinks stays there. And then once you have sex for the first time, it breaks is again, not true. The uh, pure purpose of that little skin is to protect yourself from infections when you're in the womb. After that, it serves no purpose and it can be broken from riding a bike, jumping, uh, riding a horse, um, falling down. It can be broken with the slightest of things. Sometimes some people's hymens are a little bit thicker and that's why um, it does only tear when having sex for the first time. Um, but oftentimes it's not. It's a very, very, very thin piece of skin that breaks very easily. And um, it doesn't always bleed because it's such a thin piece of skin. Um, and that, again, like I said, that crescent shape thing is also extremely stretchy and it will always go back to its normal size. All right, so this hymen issue and the vagina issue debunked. So is, is there a need for women to be going for these vagina tightening machines and, and contraptions if the vagina goes back to normal? That's actually a very good question. Um, if you do your Kegel exercises, there's no harm in doing that, and it can help um, strengthening the vaginal wall muscles and the pelvic floor muscles and obviously the pelvic floor helps also uh, hold all your organs in place and a lot of other things that it does but it's like going to the gym you know you can go to the gym and work out and it's good for you um but nothing is really going to change in terms of the, of the vagina you're not going to be tighter per se but when you contract those muscles it is going to be stronger because you're exercising them, just like any other muscle in your body. Um, and the Kegel balls and things like that, if we're being honest, they, there's no scientific evidence that they help with any of those things. You can see the logic behind it in terms of keeping the balls inside and doing Kegel balls um, uh, doing Kegels around those Kegel balls because obviously with the resistance while you're contracting those muscles will help build the muscle. 
but walking around with them and stuff like that, there's no scientific evidence that that actually helps. You might as well just be doing normal Kegel exercises. And when it comes to tightening creams and those kinds of things that you find, that again does not tighten the vagina itself because that's like putting cream on your stomach and expecting to get a six pack. It doesn't work <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, those things provide a tightening sensation. So it feels like your muscles are contracting when you use those creams. Um, and oftentimes they have products like Q10 and stuff like that, that help yeah. firm the skin, but it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't actually tighten you because your vagina is going to stay the same mm. size. It's just that your muscles get stronger, which can help for stronger orgasms. And of course, um, better pleasure for your partner as well. Mm. All right. And and this comes from a person who's also an adult store retail assistant. So you know these products and uh, clearly you also know uh, what we should rather be doing. And I think th the natural way is always the best way. I mean, Kegel exercises uh, are by far the best. You do them constantly all the time. It helps with uh, incontinence as you grow older, even while you're pregnant and yes. after pregnancy. And it also helps you get better orgasms. And if you are strong enough, you do that uh, Kegel um, contractions while your man is inside. Oh, you'll see how the man mm -hmm. will just groan like a little baby. You'll enjoy it. But these <laughs> creams, I mean, the side effects, Justine, the side effects is something we need to be looking at as well. Yes. So um, there are oftentimes... Not all adult stores, but most adult stores will sell um, natural products. So things that are pH balanced and stuff like that. But that is something you would have to check um, when buying it. But that being said, if somebody is very sensitive and very prone to infections or rashes or whatever the case is, you might want to avoid them or get a product that has a plant-based so, so like a cannabis base, for example, or that has um, no parabens, glycerin, all of those things, because those are the things that often cause infection. So we just have to check the ingredients. Um, and if you're not as sensitive, then those things will be fine because these products are natural in general. But even then, sometimes if you are very sensitive, the natural products will still mess up your pH balance and all of those things. So you just have to be careful of what's in these creams. Let's go to a quick break and we'll be back. Send those messages. I'm going to come to your voice notes and so on around debunking sex myths. 086-000-2032. That's where you can call in anonymously, obviously, because we are in the closet. Um, but if you're brave enough, come talk to us. Give us your name or WhatsApp on 0614-104107. SMSs are also welcome on 41391. This Week Today with Oliver Dixon brings you the third installment of The Great Debate, where we ask, should citizens get to vote for constitutional court justices? Tune in on Friday, 4 November, between 6 and 7 p.m., as the University of Pretoria and Northwest University unpack this contentious topic. If you want to be part of the live audience that will be on the SABC Ground Floor Auditorium, you can RSVP via email to tuso at safm.co.za. SAFM, leading the conversation. In culminating Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Living Redefined with Sechaba Kreba will on Friday, 4 November, host a roundtable discussion 
focused on living a cancer preventative lifestyle and coping through your cancer journey. If you are in Johannesburg and would like to be part of the audience, send us a WhatsApp to 0614-104-107 and the team will get in touch. SAFM, leading the conversation. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Closet Conversations. All right, uh, let's uh, go to some of your voice notes around uh, uh, this topic, debunking sex myths. Good evening, Mom Africa Anduli and your guests. So I'm not sure if this is a myth or what, but they say when you masturbate, um, you actually uh, preventing a stroke or you your chances of catching a stroke uh, become slim uh, how true is that oh uh, Justine do you know about this masturbation and and strokes um, I mean it's it's linked in a way um, obviously the more you masturbate it's not necessarily mean you're never going to get a stroke but um, the hormones that are produced once you have an orgasm um, as well as uh, when you have sex as well without orgasm whether you have an orgasm or not are very very healthy for you plus it boosts your metabolism it's good for your skin um, all of these hormones and the things that are provided when you have an orgasm or doing any type of sexual activity including the endorphins in general do reduce risk of stroke uh, heart disease all of those things um, but obviously, if there is some sort of genetic problem or anything like that, it can help reduce the risk, but it's not going to take it away. Mm, okay. And I, I know with prostate cancer, it's not about masturbation, but it's about the amount of times that men uh, ejaculate. I think the recommended amount of times about 21 times a month, whether it's via penetrative sex or ejaculation, via, um, you know, having having masturbation so that apparently also reduces um you know the chances of uh, being of, of 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 getting prostate cancer so maybe it is a good thing i don't know why there was a myth around it but we've debunked it haven't we yes absolutely here's a message from an a-teamer this one says it's from farai I says, growing up, I used to get uh, styes on my eyelids. And I was told by lots of other boys that it's caused by staring at naked women. Something I was not doing at that time. <laughs> if it were true, I'd have lots of styes on my eyes right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. I've never heard of this one. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Justine, the, the one size fits all myth. That, uh, you know, what mm. all, all women want this sort of sex or all men want this sort of sex. Um, let's talk about that. I mean, I think it's an absolute myth. Uh, others will want to experiment as if they're uh, uh, porn stars, you know, have all these sex positions in one. Whereas the partner might just mm. want to do ordinary missionary position, look it into your eyes, be able to touch you and get to a great orgasm mutually. That's exactly it. From my experience, especially working in an adult store, um, I've got a lot of customers who come in and it's specifically, it's more specifically males that come in. And if they're shopping for something for their wives or their girlfriends, and it's 
it never ceases to shock me that every single time I will say, well, what exactly, what type of vibrator or whatever it is are you looking for? You know, what does she like? And they either can't tell me or they say, well, what do you like? Which number one is not only just a personal question that has nothing to do with it, <laughs> but they assume that if I like something, their wife will like it because, you know, everyone must like the same thing. Everyone must enjoy the same type of stimulation. And I suppose if you look at it in a certain way, you could understand why, because they think if you have the same parts, then it must be the same. <laughs> and that is where it is untrue because every single person is different everyone enjoys different stimulation everybody achieves achieves orgasms in different ways um everybody likes different types of touch some people are you know they have big red do not touch signs in certain parts of their body and everyone is completely different and the key to that is asking your partner what they like what they don't like and if they're not sure, exploring that together, because you can't just assume that what worked on your ex-girlfriend is going to work on your girlfriend now. And the same with men. You think, well, there's only really one motion I can do. I can't really go wrong with it. Again, not necessarily true. Men are also completely different. And men also like to be touched certain ways or not to be touched certain ways. Um, everyone is different. You can have a general idea of how to do things. But if you want to make it good, you need to know what your partner likes specifically and know that it is unique to them. Very true. Very, very true. And that's where communication comes in or else this one size fits all mm. is going to uh, end you up uh, with an unhappy partner. I mean, I remember there was one particular celebrity who was caught on on camera um, trying to do like a DJ box on a girl's vagina, you know, uh, <laughs> you know he was he was just rubbing it too rough. And I thought, mm, it's good for that lady. Clearly, she's not complaining. But if someone were to do that to me, I would. Ooh, you know, kick the, them in the face. Yeah, the, the fun would stop right there and then. So not everyone <laughs> wants the same sort of stimulation. You're so right. Can we go to Absolutely. the lines? I've got the A-teamer Incognito. Good evening. Incognito. All right, we've lost Incognito. Call again, Incognito, so we can hear your comment. Um, and then here's a message here. Uh, it's from uh, Donald in Rustburg who says. Uh, good evening, Patricia and all A-teamers. I heard that if a woman touches a man's testicles during ejaculation time, the man can die instantly. Eh? <laughs> Obviously, I'm not no, going to try because I don't want anyone to die on me. But have you ever heard of it? And does it make scientific sense? Um, I'm, I've never heard that before, no. And that is not true, Um, just based off of, not only my experience, but a lot of people's experience. I'm not sure where that comes from um, because massaging the testicles is one of the best things you can do uh, to help ejaculation. You know, I'm not sure where that comes from. Hmm. Mm, okay. All right. Someone has to come back, try it and come back and tell me. Because, um, no, no, don't try it. What if it is true? You know, some of these things are scary. What if it is true, though, Justine? What if someone really does No, no, that? no. It's absolutely not. I mean, 
look, if if there is a one percent case where somebody does die, I can tell you it's not, not a general thing. It it was probably linked to something else. They were sick beforehand. It is definitely not true. Like I said, from experience and other people's experience, it's it's definitely not true. Okay, okay. And then um, there's also this one. Toys are a competition instead of tools. So some men and women feel that having toys in the bedroom is competing with them and it might be an indication that they are not good enough. True or false? Yeah, that is absolutely not true. So toys are, are tools to help you. They're not competition. So if we go to hormones again and hormones that are released, uh, with an orgasm, one of the hormones that are released are oxytocin. And that um, is what they call the cuddle hormone. And that it makes you feel more uh, intimate and, and closer with your partner uh, after orgasm and everything like that. You will, you will not feel closer to a piece of silicone after you've used it. It's not the same thing. Um, you can grow a liking to your toys because of what they make you feel, but you are not going to get attached emotionally or romantically. You know, okay, maybe again, there might be a 1% case of people who marry inanimate objects, but you're not going to get attached emotionally or romantically to a piece of silicone or metal or whatever the case is. Um, so in terms of intimacy and romantic feelings, and emotion, a toy will never be able to replace a human in that way. Um, also, it's never, these things feel great and they make us feel good and there's fancy things out there that can do amazing things, but it's never going to replace the real thing. It's just not because and there's nothing that can replace warm flesh and blood and a beating heart and, you know, a voice and all of those things. But in terms of specifically men usually feeling that it's competition, you know, because they don't vibrate or have twisting functions or whatever the case is. Um, again, it's not competition because your girlfriend or, who, or your partner is not going to fall in love with the toy. Um, so you use it as a tool. And the thing is, as well, just like knowing how to use your body with your partner, you need to know how to use your toys. Um, so if you have a partner who's using toys on you and they're really not quite sure what they're doing, it's not going to feel as great, even with vibrations and thrusting motions and whatever the toy does. But if you have a partner who uses it correctly and you have that emotional connection with them and you feel comfortable with them, then it's going to feel amazing regardless. And you can both um, explore toys and what do you like, what don't you like. You can use it on your partner as well. There's many toys for men, many, many toys for men. And they can use it on themselves. Their partner can use it on them. And then they can switch or they can use couples toys because there are toys that are for both men and women at the same time or men and men or women and women or whatever the case is. There's many different toys. Um, and yeah, it's just to enhance the experience, not take away from it. Here is a message here. It says, it's from Zoo. 
Please teach women how to play with uh, testicles. Any mistake handling, they are painful. Justine, (laughs) now you need to give a lesson. (laughs) Uh, Testicles don't need hard, rough handling. Again, that has to depend on the person. So if you look at certain things, um, you get cages and you get you get hammers. Some people like hammers, um, not real hammers, but toy hammers on their testicles because some people do like that. So again, it depends on the person. Some people will prefer gentle sort of fondling. Some people prefer licking. Some people will, uh, will prefer actual playing or some people prefer tugging. It really, again, depends on the partner. And that is, again, where you need to communicate Mm. I know there's also things like um, torture things for um, uh, the, the, yes. the scrotum. So it's not all men who want the gentleness uh, and the gentle touch. Yeah. Others want it uh, rough. They want to be tortured. They want to have tasers on their testicles. Oof. Yes. See, that's again where the one size fits all is needs to be debunked. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. Okay, uh, this 18 says... Um, I've always wondered with a woman that sometimes gets wet during arousal or intercourse if her getting wet is an indicator of her enjoying the sex and if on the other hand her not getting wet means she's not enjoying it or is just uh, periodic. So does getting wet talk about sex enjoyment or, or I don't know what does it mean? That's also a very good question because, um, yeah, there are quite a few myths around that. So, yes, getting wet does indicate that she is turned on, which is a good thing. That being said, that doesn't always mean that she might be enjoying it. Um, This is just an example. Uh, For example, some cases of uh, sexual harassment or assault the female will get wet because that is a natural body response when you know something like that is going to happen and that's your body's way of preparing for it. So in those kinds of cases, that is just important to note that your body does do that as a response. But um, if you're with a partner and you can tell, you know, it's, it's consensual and you can tell that they are into you and everything, she's getting wet, that is a good sign. That means she is getting turned on. On the other hand, if she is turned on and she's into you and it is consensual, whatever whatever's happening, but she's not getting wet, that is not necessarily an indicator that she's not into you. Just as the same as um, if a man can't get an erection, that doesn't always mean that he's not into you. Sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. That can have to do with um, health problems, can have to do with um, aging, Obviously, it's quite natural to um, develop issues sometimes with vaginal dryness and with erectile dysfunction, Mm. um, getting Mm. older. Also with stress, stress is a big one. So she could be into you and wanting to do things, but she's a little bit too stressed and in her head at the moment. So it's not quite happening for her. Um, And sometimes, again, it could be a health problem. Okay. But sometimes lube will help either way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it, uh, arousal is not determined by the, the wetness of a vagina. Okay, 
And there's another one. Not this. The end goal is always an orgasm. That's why we're having sex. Should we always have an orgasm? Will we always have an orgasm? No, (laughs) not all the time, Um, which again is okay. That's completely fine because while orgasms are great, they're wonderful, amazing, everyone loves them, that shouldn't be the main focus all the time. Sure, if you're having a sort of quickie or whatever the case is and that's what you want, great. But the main goal, especially with sex with somebody that you are, um, that you have feelings for, the goal should be to enjoy your partner, their body, their intimacy, their company, their pleasure, learn more about them. And it should be to be completely present and then also enjoy what they're doing to you and to feel every sensation and just really be in that moment with them, sharing that your bodies and that type of thing. The end goal shouldn't just be orgasm. Otherwise, both of you are putting on some type of performance and then it becomes... You become in your head and am I doing this right? Am I not doing enough? Is she enjoying it? Is he enjoying it? Um, And then you get stressed if you're not quite getting there. And so the goal should just be to be in the moment, enjoy what you're doing to each other, learn more about your bodies. And if orgasm comes, which it usually will, if that's what you're doing, then great. And if it doesn't, it's also great. You've had a great intimate time with your partner. Absolutely. All right. Now, the talk of hygiene for those having Mm. oral sex, those having anal sex, and also penetrative sex. Let's talk about the hygiene myths. This is a big one. And I think as many people as possible need to understand hygiene when it comes to any type of sexual play at all. One of the things is, and this sounds silly, but a lot of people don't know, clean hands and clean fingernails. Obviously clean genitals as well. Um, When it comes to cleaning, if you have a vagina, a lot of people for some reason think that you need to put soap inside. That is a big (laughs) no-no. That is no. something you do not do. No, no, no. Yeah, I've, there's a lot of people who think that. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, I suppose in a way you can understand because no one really teaches us how to clean ourselves. Well, some people do. So, you know, some people have parents that will do that. But some parents are too ashamed to talk to their kids about that stuff. And so if you haven't heard it before, do not put soap inside. It is bad for you. <laughs> um, same with douching there's uh, female douches vaginal douches not a good thing nothing should go inside there that is not supposed to go inside there no salt water solutions no saline solutions not even water that you're shooting up does not go inside the vagina cleans itself by itself and it does not need help it just needs help on the outside area Um, very lightly and again not with soaps that are heavily scented or anything like that because that can also mess up your ph balance and if it's a sticky type of soap 
then that um, candida bacteria around your genitals, which is supposed to be there. But if there's a buildup of it, that's how you get thrush and yeast infections and stuff like that. So nothing inside, just on the outside, uh, warm water, pH balanced soap, nothing non, nothing scented or sticky or anything like that. Um, men, there is a big thing going around, and I'm not sure why, that a lot of men do, do not wash in between their butt cheeks, which I'm not sure where this comes from. But <laughs> I've never heard of it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and that goes our Zoom connection. Man, what a bummer. Um, <laughs> we're going to try and get hold of Justine again. I want to hear about this butching story because, wow, what's happening? Men, are you not Sorry? cleaning yourselves properly? Justine, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, our Zoom connection um, failed us there. So you were talking okay. about butt cheeks and them not being cleaned? Yes. Um, I'm not sure why, but there's a thing that was going around where men decided that if they washed between their cheeks, it was considered gay or non-masculine. Mm. Um which is obviously completely untrue. And please do wash <laughs> your bums, please. <laughs> and it's a must. Also, it yes, must be done. <laughs> it's a must. Um, and with foreskin as well, remember if you have foreskin to pull it back and clean with your warm water and everything underneath there because that build up does, it does happen and it's not great. Mm, mm, um, it's, it, it, I'm sure it doesn't smell great and I'm sure it's not healthy for the partner that you're going to be inserting it into exactly again can cause infections and, and yeah for both partners mm, mm. Um, cleaning toys as well that's a very very big thing people don't know that you have to clean your toys and that water doesn't suffice and that soap just like putting soap inside your vagina is not good for you. Putting soap on a toy that will go inside your vagina or any orifice um, is bad for you. You do not clean your toys with soap. You clean them with toy disinfectant. That is, um, your eco-friendly ones are your best. The most natural toy disinfectant that you can find. Um, you get different types out there and they'll all tell you how to use each one of them. But you use water and you use your toy disinfectant and that is it. And then the last thing as well that's important was anal hygiene. If you are using an anal douche, which is fine. If you want to do that, that's fine. Just be careful because um, wrong use of that can cause very yucky feelings and stomach aches and diarrhea mm. and all of those things. But if, if, if you have to use a douche, do not use saline solution. You use water, and that is it. But again, it is not 100% necessary. Um, but if you do use it, just water inside. That is it. And then cleaning around the hole is, and obviously in between the cheeks is sufficient. Um, with, again, water-based lubricant is better. But if you're going to use silicone and that type of thing, just make sure again that you're not allergic to anything in those things and that you clean yourself properly after using those sticky lube because again that's what's going to cause infection 
All right. I'm. 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 I'm no. I've. I've never tried, and I'm not a, a fan of just the thought of it. Um. Yeah. Maybe I'm too old school, but anal sex <laughs> is not no. But you've just mentioned that it's not necessary to to use a douche. Um, when you are, uh, yeah, when you are having anal sex. Mm. So, just a question. I mean, do you not end up having sticky bits and uh, off smells if? people are engaging in anal sex if you've not cleaned up there so sometimes it does happen but the thing is if even if you douche sometimes it will still happen and the fact is that this is a human body and that these things happen and so if you are going to engage in stuff like this you need to be prepared and you need to be an adult about it and you need to understand that this is not a toy, this is a human body. Um, that being said, there are other precautions. You know, don't eat curry if you know that you're going to do it or something that's going to give you a runny tummy, whatever the case is. Um, and the reason I say douching isn't necessary is because depending on your diet, if you have a clean diet and stuff like that, um, oftentimes there's not going to be a lot of stuff to come out or... Um, stain or anything like that really especially obviously you will need to use a condom because that again is going to be hygienic um, in terms of not giving your partner an infection or anything like that Um, and again if there's a condom if there's a barrier it will be clean and that type of thing the only reason I say douching isn't necessary is because your body again has a way of cleaning itself there's nothing wrong with douching with just water. Um, you do just have to expect that for a few minutes, at least, you will have to be near a toilet afterwards. Okay. So, uh, Justine, how do we get in touch with you for those who need uh, an intimacy coach or some tips on uh, what to buy in an adult store? Perfect. Um, you can reach me on my website, uh, which is www.intimacyart.co.za 